Stoneman, start your engines. Uh, you're coming out about. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I'm not a crook. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan. Listening to Jim Paris Live, your source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the broadcast. Good to be with you tonight. Started a couple minutes late, and I have to tell you that uh, Windows has got to do something about these like magical, mystical uh, restarts of computers for updates. I know there's a setting you can go into where you can tell your computer not to just do an update, but uh, you'll see this computer here to my right is in the middle of an update. And so I had to delay starting the show because of that. But uh, as a result, we're not live streaming right now over our audio stream, just over the video stream. But that's not a big issue because we'll just uh, put it up there tomorrow when we do the post-production. But in any case, <laughs> memo to self, get into the studio at least an hour early and restart all the computers just in case, because this has happened to me more than once. Tonight, a uh, special guest coming up with us in uh, 23 minutes. This first segment will be a little bit shorter than usual because of the uh, the late start. Lise Wheel is here. She is a former Fox News analyst and author of a new book called Spy in Plain Sight, the story of Robert Hansen. And man, this is going to be a super fascinating interview. So stand by for that. What I had set aside this segment for tonight is not to get into any news. So tonight, there's not going to be any news. I want to get into something that I'm really excited about because I'm going to be getting back into the mortgage business. I just passed the mortgage originators license test last week. So you're going to hear me talking a lot more about mortgages and financing homes and refinancing homes and all that kind of thing. But tonight, what I wanted to do was to dedicate this segment to the whole issue of people getting their more getting a mortgage who have bad credit. And one of the things that people don't know is that you can actually have really bad credit and it doesn't take much to turn that credit around and put you in a position where you can actually qualify to buy a house with very little down. I mean, maybe as little as 3% down and in some cases, no money down, which is kind of crazy. So I want to start, and this is focused on those people tonight. If you have what you consider to be bad credit. Now, if you're watching tonight or listening and you actually have good credit, this will help you too. The same information can be applied to you as well, but it's going to be mostly focused on those that have bad credit. So I want to start out by mentioning two things. One is that you can get an FHA loan right now with a credit score as low as a 580, believe it or not, with just 3% down. And that allows the seller to do what's called seller concessions for as much as 6%. So that means that your real estate agent can put together the deal 
where the house is is priced up a little bit and then the extra money goes towards paying all your closing costs. And then all you've got to come up with is like a 3% down payment with only a 580 credit score, which is really crazy that that exists, but it, but it does. There's another kind of a loan, not an FHA, but what's called a USDA loan. That's the United States Department of Agriculture. Now this type of loan is made for designed for people to buy property in rural areas. But what's interesting is that these maps don't really change much over the years. And so what might be considered a quote unquote rural area or a farming type area could actually be very close uh, to a major city. I'll give you one example of this in the Orlando area. There's a community called Mount Dora, which is a beautiful small town. And a lot of the, the property in Mount Dora, which is just outside of Orlando, is categorized as USDA. Now, USDA loans are 100 percent, 100 percent. So what I want to do is is kind of talk you through the process of if you're watching tonight, if you're listening and you're saying, OK, this sounds good. I've been renting for years. My credit is destroyed. I want to know how do I go from somebody with destroyed credit to somebody that can get back into the credit game. And you'll have to excuse me for sipping a little bit of extra coffee tonight. We've had a cold snap here. In Florida last night, it got down to 31 degrees, which means <laughs> I have to turn my heater on whenever the heater comes on in the house. I end up with sinus issues. So that's what I'm facing tonight. A little bit of sinus problems coming to uh, air with you. Uh, so let's start with the, the, the beginning here. So most people that I used to help when I was in the mortgage industry that had destroyed credit, the story went something like this. A few years ago, something happened, a job loss, a divorce. They ended up with a medical bill they couldn't pay. They ended up uh, going bankrupt. Whatever the story was, there was a financial bump in the road that became significant. And as a result, they didn't pay their bills. They just got to this point where they said, I, I, I can't pay my debts. And they just let their debts go. And what most people don't realize is when you do that, a lot of times, most of the time, nothing really ever happens. Most creditors realize that when somebody can't pay all their credit cards, there's no money for them to come after. So these bills become what we call charge-offs or, or bad debts. They just go on your credit report as a debt that wasn't paid. And then depending on what state you live in, like in Florida, after five years where there's no payments made on those debts, they basically become uh, zeroed out. They're, they're zeroed out debts and there's no way anybody can collect. It's past the five years. Some states it's seven years. I believe in Florida it's five years. It varies by state. But once you get past the statute of limitations, that debt is actually no longer legally owed. So what happens is when a debt goes bad, when it gets charged off, it'll generally, after like two or three years, it'll stop reporting on the credit file. So what you have to do, step one in this whole process, if you're somebody who has currently no open credit, your credit blew up a few years ago, the step one is you've got to get in touch with all three credit bureaus, get a copy of your credit report. What you want to look for on your credit report is you want to dial down and look at the date that the creditor last reported fresh information. This is so key. You've got to look at that. 
What a lot of people do is they go on their credit report. They look at everything that they think is negative. They start contacting all those creditors. And we call this waking up the dead. There is no reason to contact a creditor where the debt is a few years old and it's no longer reporting fresh information on you. There's no reason to contact them. If you do that, they will start reporting fresh new information. That's what we call waking up the dead. And that's what you're doing. They're basically shooting yourself in the foot. So you want to start by identifying only those creditors on your credit report that are reporting fresh information on you. Those that are negative showing that you owe money, even if it's past the statute of limitations, you might want to consider if you have the money to do it, contacting them and making a settlement to zero that debt out. Again, this is only for a creditor that is reporting negative information on you presently. That would be in the last one year to 18 months. So if there's nothing on your credit report showing that that creditor is reporting fresh information on you in the last one year to 18 months, leave it alone. Let the dead sleep. <laughs> don't wake that dead up. Really? So many people do this. They just, they don't listen and they go and they start something up that they should not do. And now they've got another problem on their hands. So those creditors, only those creditors that are reporting negative information on you in the last 12 to 18 months, it would make sense if you have the money to do so to reach out to them and try to make a settlement. Now, uh, this is going to be just 50% of the pie. I'm going to give you the other 50% here in a minute. So by reaching out to them and, and offering them a settlement, keep in mind, let's say that a creditor says you owe $1,000. The truth is that probably that original debt might only have been four or $500. And that $1,000 is the new debt with all the fees and penalties and interest on top of penalties, all of that. So there's a good chance that being that the debt is old, probably considered uncollectible by the creditor. If they hear from you, they might be willing to settle that for say 30 to 50 cents on the dollar. Now this is so important. If you make a settlement with them, you want to get in writing, in writing before you give them a dollar. You want to give you want to get in writing that they will agree to zero that debt out and that they're agreeing to a certain amount for that settlement. You want to do this in one payment. You don't want to give them your bank account information, anything like that. I suggest you pay them with a money order so they don't have access to your bank account. And you want to do this only after in advance they give you a letter saying that they will settle for X dollars. And this is a one-time payment. Now, if you can't settle with any of your old creditors, that's fine too, for at least for right now. Because keep in mind that probably two thirds or more of your credit score has nothing to do with these old past debt items. Anyway, two thirds of your credit score has to do with what current open credit do you have today? And how are you paying that? Are you paying it on time? And how is your balance compared to your available credit? That's one of the big things. Now, let me step back for a second and tell you how I know all this. I went to a mortgage conference. This was probably in the year 2000, I think. And I had previously written a book about credit repair, thinking I was this big 
guru, credit repair expert. And I really did know how to fix credit, but I didn't really know a lot about credit scores. So I was at this mortgage conference and there was this seminar that was put on by the credit bureaus on how the credit scores were calculated. And I was so blown away by what I learned in this that I updated my book, Credit Scoring Secrets, which you can get right now on Amazon. I think the ebook version is only three bucks if you want to save some money. Uh, just get the Kindle version, which you don't need a Kindle to read it. You can read it on any computer. But in any case, uh, what I'm going to tell you now is the secret to boosting your credit score, which can be done in about 100 days, even if you have presently no open credit. This is going to blow your mind. So most of your credit score is based on two things. One is your current open credit and whether or not you're making those payments on time. And secondly, your current open credit. How does your balance, your current balance compare to your uh, total available credit? So if you've got a total available credit on a card of say a thousand dollars, but you only have $300 charged up on that thousand dollar credit line, that's going to bode well for you. What they like to see is a low balance compared to what the potential overall available credit actually is. So that's what you're shooting for. So you're somebody watching tonight and your credit blew up a few years ago. You have no open credit. So how do you get back into the credit game so you can get to that 580 score to get that FHA 97% loan or get to that USDA 100% loan? Uh, so what you've got to do, and this is tough because people say, look, how do I get credit? If I have bad credit, no one will give me credit, which is not really true. What you've got to focus on are what we call secured credit cards and secured credit lines. And my favorite way to do this is actually through a local credit. Uh, you want to go to not a bank, but I would go to a credit union. This is really your better option as a credit union. Go in, sit down with a banker, tell them you're trying to rebuild your credit. And what you want to do at a credit union is try to open up two different credit accounts. One would be a credit card where you deposit, let's say $300 into a savings account. And then they give you a credit card which is based on that savings account as collateral, you get a credit card with a credit line of $300. This is not a debit card, so be careful. You want a credit card, not a debit card. It's a credit card, and your $300 in savings is the collateral, which is why they're going to give you the card, even if you have a super low credit score. Now you have your $300 card. You want to use it a little bit, but never, ever go over $100 on your $300 card at the same credit union. You want to see if you can get a secured loan. That would be, you put $300 in another savings account and then they give you an installment loan, maybe over the course of a year for that $300. So an installment loan is one type of credit. That's an I loan, the letter I installment loan. And then your credit card that you have at that credit union is an R. That's a revolving line of credit. Now, the other thing I want you to do is to go to a site like Credit Karma, and that's Karma with a K, 
creditkarma.com or another site called creditsesame.com. These are both free sites that you can sign up for. There's a lot of great reasons to sign up. Number one, it's going to tell you a lot about your credit score and why your credit score is what it is. It's also going to give you some amount of free credit monitoring services as well. But the reason I want you to set up an account at Credit Karma and or Credit Sesame is because there will then be a list of recommended credit cards based on your credit score. So even if your credit score is low, Credit Karma is going to know, okay, this guy's got a 500 credit score. He's got a low credit score, but the, the site is going to know that and is going to recommend some cards to you. And there are cards that are made specifically for people with low credit scores. These are designed to help people to rebuild their credit. And most of these don't even require any collateral. Some of them might require a small deposit. They might like, like ask you for a hundred dollars. Uh, as collateral and then give you a $300 credit line, something like that. But a lot of these don't even require any collateral. So I want you to get two more, two to three more R accounts, revolving accounts using a site like Credit Karma or a site like Credit Sesame. So when all is said and done, now you've got an installment loan at a credit union, a revolving card at a credit union, and then you have another two to three more revolving accounts that you used uh, Credit Karma to set up. So you've got four, three to four revolving accounts in one installment loan. Now what you want to do is keep the balances low on those revolving accounts, never more than one third of your available credit. That is the key. They call that debt utilization ratio. And that's a huge part of your credit score, keeping that debt low. Even if you pay it off every month, it doesn't matter. You don't want to ever go above one third of your available credit on these new R accounts, these new revolving accounts. Uh, and you want to pay all of these payments on time every single month. Never make a payment late. If you do this, even if you have a destroyed credit card, uh, credit score, if you get these handful of accounts open, after about three to four months, no later than six months, you're going to have a score that would be good enough to be able to get into the mortgage world and get yourself a mortgage, maybe close to 100% mortgage. And this is something anybody can do, even from the point of a destroyed credit score. And I, I not only learned this from a seminar put on by the credit bureaus on how the credit scores are calculated. But I actually did this with hundreds, hundreds of mortgage clients in the past. I actually brought them in with destroyed credit. And in some cases, as quickly as two to three months using this exact approach, we was able to get them uh, into a, a mortgage. And it's, it's exciting to see that, to see somebody who's a renter who thinks they're never going to be able to buy a house. And that's what these mortgage programs are designed for. And we're not in any way tricking the system or rigging the system. This is how the credit scoring is set up. It's mostly based on what's happened in your life over the last few months. The credit scores are calculated mostly, they're weighted mostly on your recent financial history. That's by design. 
They don't care as much about what happened two and three and five years ago and 10 years ago. So if you pull your credit report and see there's a bunch of negative things on there from five years ago or 10 years ago, as long as that's not presently reporting, that's not going to have much of any effect on you. And again, the only reason that you would ever go back and settle an older item is if it's presently in the last one year to 18 months reporting on you. So that is the roadmap. That is the blueprint. And if you want to get that in a written form where you can follow it, you can get my book, Credit Scoring Secrets, How to Raise Your Credit Score 100 Points in 100 Days. And one of the very useful things in the book are my credit dispute letters. One of the things that you'll find is that especially with older items, if they are still reporting on you, many times you can simply challenge them. And I give you the letter to do this in the book. You can challenge them to simply provide the documentation on that debt. If they can't provide the documentation, that is the original paperwork you signed and the original billing statements. If that is gone, which a lot of times it's gone, nobody has it because the debt has been sold two and three and four times, then th then it disappears because under the Fair Credit Reporting Act, the FCRA says they've got to be able to prove that they own that debt and have to have the original documentation. And again, if, if that debt hasn't been paid on for a number of years, like in Florida, it's five years as the statute of limitations, then that de debt may no longer legally be owed. Now, I don't want to get all the nasty emails from people uh, saying, Jim, you're a Christian. You're telling people not to pay their debt. Not doing that. I'm not saying don't pay your debt. If you have a uh, a moral uh, feeling that that that's a debt that you really owe, go back and pay the debt. But I still suggest you negotiate because probably what you really owe is maybe only half of what they're listing on your credit report. But do that after you build your credit and you buy your house. If you want to go back and deal with something from five years ago and 10 years ago, because that is something that you feel as a Christian, you want to do. You want to go back, even though legally you no longer owe the debt, even though the person collecting the debt from you isn't even the person that you actually had the debt with to begin with. If you still feel like you want to go back, then do that down the road. Once you've rebuilt your score, you've bought your house and you're now you know doing well, then you can go back and pay those older items. If you want to do that. Um, some people have told me to clear their conscience. They made a donation to charity because they knew the debts were no longer owed. So they took $5,000 and gave it to the little league or some charity. And that's okay too, if that's what you want to do. So I'm not here really to address that part of it, but to address strategically, how do you go about going from having destroyed credit uh, even even like a 450 credit score or maybe even a zero score because you have no recent activity. You can actually have a zero score, which in fact is not terrible to have a zero score. You're actually better off to have a zero score than like a 500 score because it's easier to go from zero to like a 580 or a 600 than it is to go from like a 500, which is going to be based on some negative stuff on your report. A zero means you just haven't had any recent activity. 
All right, we're going to take a one-minute break and refire the open. And our good friend Lee Sweel is here, really excited about this new book, A Spy in Plain Sight, The Robert Hansen Story. We'll refire the open. We'll be back in one minute. Stand by. 